Like, it's gymnastics is my world. What do you mean it's just gymnastics? I woke up at like 6 a.m., 6.30, panicking. Because oh. I thought I missed practice. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm done. What do you mean? And we had to like push a car around the parking lot. Was it in neutral at least? Yeah, it had to be in neutral. We're soccer players. We, we, don't, have, we don't have much strength up in our upper body. <laughs> everyone, this is Erin Ashley Simon and you're tuning into Real Gems. In this week's episode, we dive into the remarkable journey of Nia Dennis, a gymnast who captured all of our hearts with her amazing performance. Here is how she turned that routine into a springboard for the rest of her career. Please welcome Nia. Nia, it's so good to have you. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm very happy too because let me tell you, I, for, for a few reasons. One, you've been able to turn a viral moment and your gymnastics career into such a momentous moment for yourself. But we were just talking about how you missed the NIL boat. And listen, I'm a little bit jealous because yeah. I came, like, I, what, I was in college, graduated about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That was not a thing. It right. was just like, you should just be happy you have a scholarship. Right. But you just, you missed it slightly. I missed it by literally one month. And it was just devastating for me because I really felt like I was hoping that we, I, we were able to make an exception for me just because my season was happening the same year that NIL was about to start. So yeah, it was really frustrating for me because as soon as my fin my season finished, everybody's posting on Instagram, NIL deals, hit me in the DMs, you know, DM me for NIL deals. And I'm like, this is everybody's story, just like clicking through it. So it was really hard while I was still there. But once I graduated, it was kind of easier to let go of it because I'm like, okay, you know, my career's done and what happened happened. And I'm really blessed to have had a viral moment that was able to take me into other parts of my career that I didn't think were possible for myself. Well, even though you, you missed the boat, I'm sure there's things that you probably learned throughout just conversations around it and, and things yeah. like that. I think what was the biggest takeaway that you got from that overall conversation of like name, image, and likeness when it came to athletes or those who have influence? Um, I would say, honestly, I don't know <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest because there was no talk around that for me during my time period. I was gone really before the conversations were starting and really understanding what NIL is about and how people can capitalize off of that. So I really did miss the boat and I missed the conversations, but it's really amazing to see these opportunities for these athletes because, you know, like we said, that wasn't possible for us back in the day. And so now to see it, this change happen for this new generation of athletes is really awesome. Well, I think that one boat you didn't miss was this kind of additional immense exposure for, for women athletes. True. Um, because what we're starting to see in terms of how people perceive uh, women athletes, no matter what sport and, and the attention that they're getting, especially mm -hmm. on social media, it's been something that's been progressively getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. We're starting to see more women athletes, especially in the college scene, getting bigger followers. And yeah. you started to, you know, I'm sure during your career you, you accumulated following, right. but like you definitely accumulated a, a bigger following after that electrifying routine you had that went yes. viral. So talk to us a little bit about that and, and what was that experience where you like, you had a level of attention, but then it, it, it blew up kind of overnight. Totally. I mean, honestly, I kind of manifested that. Mm. Um, throughout my gymnastics career, I've always been kind of like an underdog gymnast and really feeling like I never got the recognition that I deserved. So 
Um, the year that I went viral was after I had done a lot of shadow work, a lot of healing, and a lot of just internal reflection. And I decided that I was going to get the recognition that I felt like I deserved. And it came in the form of going viral, which was not what I had anticipated, but it was a blessing for me because, like you said, it was able to kind of catapult me into other opportunities and take my career to the next step. How did you utilize, you know, the floor routine or or just overall in gymnastics? Like, you know, you were saying how, yes, and it's a, a team accumulation of points, but it's also an individual sport. Yeah. And how are you able to use the, the floor routine or just your competition to really showcase your individuality? Um, because, like, I've been starting to learn a little bit more and more about gymnastics mm -hmm. just because of, like, the overall exposure and then, yeah. you know, people like Simone Biles yes. and others. And so I'm very curious, like, is there individuality in the routine itself that you're able to, like, really, um, I don't know the, the right word, not design, but, like, mm -hmm. put the dance routine together, yeah. put individuality in your music? Yes, that's exactly that. Mm. You can, you kind of can showcase your individuality and your authenticity through the music, through the choreography, and even through the tumbling passes that you do, like, they kind of showcase your strengths and what you're best at when it comes to tumbling. Um, for me, I didn't really have the opportunity to kind of step outside of that box until I went to UCLA. Miss um, Val, who was the head coach there, she was incredible. She created an environment that celebrated everybody's differences and their individuality. and. She made us understand that we all were pieces of a puzzle and we all had something to offer. So my first two years of school was like me trying to figure it out because I'm like, I've never stepped outside of my box before. I've never explored. So I'm exploring, trying new music styles and I liked them, but I didn't think they were 100% me. Um, so my junior year, the first time I went viral, um, that was kind of me stepping into my best self and was able to showcase who I was on mm. the competition floor. So speaking of Miss Val, how has she been able to help shape you into a gymnast? I, especially when it comes to like coaches or yeah. representatives on, on the coaching staff, mm -hmm. they can really help to shape you as an athlete, help shape you as an individual, um, and really guide you through the process. Because I don't think people realize the immense pressure that comes with being a D1 athlete. Yeah. It, you know, it may not be professional level, but it comes with a lot of pressure. It does. So how has she been able to help shape and guide you through during your time? Um, well, she likes to say that she's a life coach, and I 100% agree with her. Uh, she was actually never a gymnast. She never competed in gymnastics. She was a dancer, and she made it in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Oh, wow. As, as a gymnastics coach for UCLA. And, you know, she really was a life coach. She taught us, she was the first person to tell me, you know, about myself and helped me reflect internally. And she was like, it's just gymnastics. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it's gymnastics is my world. What do you mean it's just gymnastics, you know? And she just was the first person to help me realize that there was more to myself than just being a gymnast. Because I think a lot of times athletes identify as their sport and it's hard to kind of step outside of that. So she was just the first one to help me realize that I had more to offer than just being a gymnast. How hard was it for you when it, when it ended? It was so hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, all these resources, all these people, the amount of support that I had like every single day was truly something that you're never gonna experience again. And being a part of a team, a sisterhood is like so surreal and really a blessing. So 
it was really hard for me. And like, that's probably why I was lingering around at UCLA um, the next year after I graduated, going to the meets. I'm like, yeah, you know, cheering everybody on, but like, you know, reminiscing at the same time. Yeah, for me, I, I, luckily for me, like I was already kind of starting my career after. Yeah. Um, I started doing media work, not only for UK athletics, but just for other media entities. And so I kind of already had a sense of what I want to do, but yeah. it definitely was hard when it ended because it's like, that's what you gave all your energy and life to, yeah. and then now it's gone. And I remember when, <laughs> one time when I was done, I woke up at like 6 a.m., 6.30, panicking. Because mm -hmm. oh. I thought I missed practice. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm done. What I do you mean? <laughs> go back to sleep. Roll over. Did that ever happen to you? Yes. No, that's oh, actually happened man. to me plenty of times. And especially like those naps at the end of like kind of in the middle of the day. And then you wake up and it's nighttime. And you're like, wait, what day is it? What's going on? <laughs> so confusing but yeah i've experienced that as well <laughs> oh man yeah i was definitely triggered for a while there's just certain things that i was just like oh gosh because i was just so afraid i'm like oh my gosh if i'm late my team's gonna be punished <laughs> yeah. i'm like wait no yeah. no seriously <laughs> rolling the field did you guys have to do that doing rolling the fields was that mm -mm. a punishment for you oh yes we our team we had to roll the field that was one punishment and it was like literally just rolling down the soccer field Oh, really? It doesn't sound that bad, <laughs> but it's like we had to go down and back two times, and you're like so over it by the halfway the first time. I know it doesn't sound that bad, but it was kind of bad. It was a little embarrassing because it's like in the middle of the morning, all the sports are out. They they see you rolling around on the field. Like, what's going on? What are you doing? I wish I had <laughs> that. Like, yeah. Oh, ours was uh, suicides, oh. but like. And like goal to goal on a soccer field, suicides. Yes. Like we're running all the way back and in a certain time. And then if you miss the time, if one person team misses the time, they added again. another. Yeah, I do it again. And then we also had 5 AMs. And I remember one time someone got, I don't know what they did, but they got us in trouble. I was so mad. And we had to like push a car around a parking lot. Are you serious? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Was it in neutral at least? Uh, yes, yes, it was a new, oh, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> yeah, it had to be a neutral, we're soccer players, we, yeah. we don't have, we don't have much strength up in our upper body. <laughs> but you're doing the lower, and you know yeah. where the power comes from. Yeah, I have to say, though, ever since my collegiate days, I never work out before, like, 7.30 anymore. Really? I, I do not. I have to work out I can't. Morning. I work out in the morning, oh, okay. but like not like eight a.m. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I. I swore to myself. I was like, I've been working out at six in the morning since I was like ten years old. I was yeah. like, I'm never doing that again. No, seriously, sleep is important. It. It really is. Um. I wish. I wish I knew how it felt. Uh. <laughs> I feel like you get less sleep. <laughs> I'm like. I was like, that's what one thing that sports did for me, especially playing college, mm -hmm. learning how to be able to manage on no sleep. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was like, that was a, a interesting challenge being a, an athlete, but what were some of the other challenges that you had to overcome as a gymnast, at, you know, performing at D1? Like, I, I, I don't think that, it's kind of hard because it's like if you, if you don't do D1, I don't think people fully understand like the immense pressure and like some yeah. of the things that come with being at D1. Yeah, 100%. I mean, well, something that we all, all athletes can relate to is injuries, 100%. We've all 
been there, done that with our injuries, and um, I started experiencing injuries that I've never experienced before in college. I'm like, my back, <laughs> I'm getting old, <laughs> like what's going on? So that was definitely a struggle for me, kind of trying to adjust through new injuries that I've never been able to compete through before. Mm. Um, because I'm kind of a tough cookie. I push through, I'm, I'm sure we all are. We push through our injuries when it when it matters most. Um, but yeah, that was actually something that was difficult was learning to listen to my body um, and learning to give myself that time to heal mm -hmm. so that I can be 100% for the team and for for the school. Yeah, whew, yeah. I, I had a hip injury. Oh I was gosh. like, how am I having hip injury no. at like 20 years old? It was. And like, I think I broke everything or tore everything in my knee except my ACL. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's, goodness. when I look back, I'm like, I really put myself through all that? Yeah, no, seriously. Oh, for education? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I could have got two for jobs a paper, for a piece of paper. Uh, but also like another challenge, and I'm sure you've encountered is like, you know, when we when we start our sport, we, we have a certain dream of mm -hmm. achieving a high level, whether it's yeah. going professional, for you going to the Olympics, yeah. um, and not all of us are gonna achieve that dream. Right. And so when that, when that happens, how do you go about starting a new dream and mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that like that one dream you had before, you weren't able to get it? Yeah. So what, what does that process look like for you? Um, it's a, a roller coaster, honestly. You know, you're gonna initially go through all of the darkness and all mm -hmm. of the sadness of, that comes with not making that first dream that you really had. Um, me personally, not making it to the Olympics what led me to wanting to quit the sport overall, just 100%, like I don't wanna deal with it at all, but I did have to really think deeply about what else I could do within the sport, because mm -hmm. there's not just one thing to do in the sport or one thing to do in a specific occupation, you know, you can do other things. So for me, I had to really think deeply and like realize like, I've always wanted to be a part of a gymnastics team, that sisterhood. College is so much more fun in gymnastics than it is training for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for the light at the end of the tunnel and that was UCLA for me. So mm. yeah. If you don't mind me asking, like what, what, what happened where that Olympic dream wasn't obtained? Mine was due to injury. I tore my, I ruptured my Achilles completely just three months before the Olympics. And it was really devastating because um, my family sacrificed a lot. We moved state to state, you know, for training and just for all of these opportunities just so I could make it to the Olympics. I was homeschooled. Um, you know, it was really hard because everybody in my family sacrificed to mm. make it to this goal. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think that, in some shape or form, we, we all go through that point where whether our dreams change or honestly, sometimes dreams die. Like, yeah. you know, for me, I think <clears throat> what really kind of killed my dream for soccer wasn't like me not reaching something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> for me, actually, it was my experience with my coach. Yeah. Uh, my college mm -hmm. coach. Um, not the assistant coach. I love the assistant coach, but my college coach, the way that he coached, and this is something that I've realized, everyone has different coaching styles. Yeah. But he coached in a way where it was like a little manipulative in the yeah. sense of like, I'm trying to mess with your head to try yeah. to make you stronger and, and you know. Mm -hmm. But I also felt like, that, at least for me, that was unnecessary. Cause I felt like yeah. I was always a tough cookie, but yeah. he really killed my love for the sport. 
That's so sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Oh, it's back though. It's that's it's good. back. It's okay. back. It took yeah. a while, but I, crazy enough, I wasn't the only person that that's yeah. happened to. Like I even know someone who played at Stanford. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that even during those times when we're sad, when mm-hmm. we're bitter, when sometimes our dreams die, it it allows us to sit with ourselves to to think about what's next yes. and also use our platform like you said to helping others mm-hmm. and you've been able to you you know be an inspiration for women and especially young women athletes and so how have you been able to use that inspiration to like reach a new level of success for yourself that's outside of gymnastics well just kind of what you were saying earlier and just how social media kind of gives you that space to connect with other people i've been able to 100% do that with my leotards and also becoming an ambassador for um, Teen Cancer America, which is a charity that um, raises money for young teens and young adults to provide the resources for them to be kids and be young adults and, you know, not live with cancer or not feel like they're always just living with cancer. So I've been able to be an advocate for them and also an advocate for my community with Black Lives Matter and just bringing that to the sport and staying involved with my culture outside of that. So, um, yeah, you know, social media allows us to connect and to be vulnerable and share. So I feel like I'm able to do that and show different layers of myself on social media as well. Speaking of, uh, you know, looking good and having the right leotard, I have to say, I, I've always, I was always jealous because I'm like, okay, gymnasts are always looking on point when they compete. Yeah. Us soccer girls, we look like hot messes <laughs> on the field. Like you guys are running nonstop, though, okay? True, like, true. We have time to sit down, cool off a little bit, you know, relax until I go again. But you are, like, nonstop at it. <sighs> Listen, I would, I would have loved to look a little flawless on you the know. field, though. I mean, it's, (laughs) I I mean, even some basketball players do, but I was like, dang, soccer, we just can't get it together. (laughs) We are just like, come on, soccer. soccer. We got to look flawless out here. Um, But, you know, when it, when it comes to, I guess, like, not even just like your sport, but also just social media, like there's this tendency to want to fit people in boxes and like categorize them. Yeah. you know, I always say that people categorize because it's it's better to know something than for people to not know something because people are uncomfortable with the unfamiliarity. Yes. So how have you been able to push, you know, representation, diversity in gymnastics and really push outside of the box that gymnastics has like set previously? Um, I really give it all up to UCLA. Um, that was where I learned the most about myself and really just stepped into my most authentic self. Um, my viral Florentine was inspired by the Black Lives Matter protest that I wasn't able to be a part of because I was actually recovering from a surgery. Um, and I wanted to be on the front lines with my brothers and sisters, but I couldn't do that. So I wanted to bring the message that we were telling to a stage that I was comfortable with and to a place that wasn't really familiar with that, with black culture in general. So I was just being myself and you know the message resonated with people, which is a blessing. And, you know, I kind of just hope to continue building off of that. And then how did you, as part of that journey, how did you learn to, like, use social media? Because, I, I, you know, utilizing social media for 
brand building and, and, and creating more opportunities and messaging and purpose is a little bit different than just using it just to use it. So like, right. how did you find a way to utilize Instagram to like share your message, connect with your fans and really build upon the foundation that you were setting for yourself? Well, actually, um, Pac-12 Network posted my floor routine first before I could even, before I even had the footage. So oh, it was wow. kind of like, wow, like where did that even come from? It was like me watching it for the first time as well with everybody. So after that, kind of got the ball rolling and I was able to just like tell my own story about it and tell the message that I was going for on my own personal page and spread the message more widely. Okay, okay. Yeah, sometimes it just happens like that. It's yeah. it's fascinating because I think that like, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was just kind of like, you got you got forced into having to like navigate that because you're yeah. like, whoa, this went viral, was not ready for yeah. it. Like, yeah. How do you, I mean, how did, how do you and UCLA even like prepare for that virality? Yeah, um, well, previously there, I was not the first one to go viral mm. at UCLA for the gymnastics team. Um, Caitlin Ohashi went viral the year before me and Hallie Mosette was a couple years before her, Sofina De Jesus. You know, it's kind of like a trend at UCLA, it's what we do. We're gonna go viral, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, you know, it was kind of like, but I feel like only the people that went viral were, were the ones who were true to themselves, were authentic and connected with the audience and, you know, were just true to themselves, essentially. Um, I think because everybody tries to go viral and it's like really hard if it's forced. So mm -hmm. I think having a message or having a storyline that you want to tell and just kind of get behind I think will connect and resonate with a lot of people and you know you can continue to spread that message for as far and as long as you want and continue on your story the the chapter in gymnastics has has closed for you yeah but there's another chapter that you're trying to start which is yes. modeling yeah. tell us a little bit about that journey and what is up next for you in modeling honestly i'm hoping a lot of great things in modeling but um so Gymnastics really is a part of me and kind of catapulted me into this new journey of modeling. Um, I've always been passionate about gymnastics, but um, because of my floor routine going viral, it led me to an ambassadorship with Adidas. Mm. So now I represent them and Adidas knows that I love to model and they kind of include me in all of their campaigns and photo shoots, which I think is super, super cool. And I modeled for Ivy Park, Beyonce's mm. and Adidas's line collaboration and that was truly the best day of my entire life. I felt like I found a new passion because I was able to create art and I love performing and I feel like you can perform in front of the camera and just create so many different stories with your body and people love it and I loved it and so yeah I'm just kind of going with the flow right now but Adidas has been putting me onto a lot of photo shoot opportunities which has been amazing and um, yeah, I have big goals. I hope to be on Sunset Boulevard on a billboard soon. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's great that you're able to get your foot in the door. I, I would say that you know, with 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 any pivot that you take or transition in your career, there's going to be challenges. Yeah. And you know, I know with modeling, there's challenges. There's yeah. certain requirements. There's height requirements. There's certain physique looks and all these yeah. different things that come with it. Like totally. in this journey, has it been a little bit? difficult for you in some sense because you know uh, 
not saying this in a bad way at all, no, but like real. your height, right? I know, no, for <laughs> real. I'm a petite girl. I get it. And, you know, I have, I have struggled with that a little bit. But I think it's more about getting in where you fit in. And there's tons of space. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fashion, the modeling industry in itself is really transitioning and changing. And like we've seen a lot of different things, I think, within the last couple of years. And I think that there's a place for me. I think that I can bring you know, light, sparkle, and magic to any area, you know, commercial, print, or I definitely can do swim week, you know, <laughs> even if it's not all about height, you know, I think that it's just really about getting in where you fit in and, and just capitalizing off of that. What motivates you? Like, I know obviously like, your passion, right? Like yeah. modeling is, is another passion area that you're diving into a lot mm-hmm. more, but what else motivates you? Because I feel like there's especially when i feel like the one thing that sports has instilled in a lot of us mm-hmm. is just like that unwavering determination yeah um but i'm also curious to know like what is that thing that really fuels you um right now what's fueling me i think my why changes kind of all the time mm-hmm. or with life as life changes and you know you just gotta kind of adjust with the flow um but i think right now what motivates me is to continue to find my passions because my passion has been gymnastics my entire life and that's really all that I've known. And I know that there's so many layers to me and I know that I'm passionate about a lot of things. I know I can be successful in a lot of different things. So it's really about surprising myself and showing myself and other people what I can do outside of what we all know me for. (laughs) Speaking of yourself, like, who are you? Sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I ask that question, like, who are you? Like, who are you as a person? You know, going back to what we're saying, mm-hmm. you may be known for your sport. Yeah. But, like, if you take the sport away, yeah. who's Nia? Um, I'm genuine. I'm a lover girl. I'm really helpful. I try to help people out as much as I can. I'm a mental health advocate. You know, I've struggled with mental health. So you never know when somebody's breaking point could be. So if you could just share a smile or share a little bit of light to anybody on the street, you know, it could really change their day. And I just try to lead with kindness because I would love to be treated with kindness as well. So I just try to put out what I want to receive. That's good. I love that. Kindness goes a long way. So what upcoming events, partnerships, exciting things that you have in store that you would like to share? Um, I would love to share this upcoming event, Les Mills Live. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. So they are a workout fitness brand company, Ooh. and they have tons of workout that tons of workouts that utilizes choreography and music. So it makes working out more fun because okay. sometimes working out is really like don't want to do it and really hard and you're like it's hard to find that motivation but Mm -hmm. doing it with a group of people and doing it with music and choreography can definitely lighten the mood so they're collaborating with Adidas and we are going to do a panel talk this weekend and you know we're going to do classes workout classes and I'm going to take some behind the scene content of what's going on and what we're up to so I'm really excited for that and just to share my knowledge of fitness and working out with people who would love to know more. Yeah, I have to say, like, definitely the working out thing, that motivation sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, but then I think about how much I spend for my membership. And that's been starting to motivate me a <laughs> yes, lot more to go in. Too. Absolutely. <laughs> this money is not going to waste. Uh, no, it's not. Well, speaking of keeping things light, Nia, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can everyone find you on social media? Thank you for having me. You're you welcome. guys can follow me on Instagram at Nia with two A's, Dennis. My TikTok is Nia.Nation.
make sure you all follow her. Once again, Nia, thank you so much, and good luck on your modeling career. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you to all the viewers for tuning in. Let us know. What was your favorite gem from today's episode? What did you learn? And are you someone who's looking to get into modeling too? Drop it in the comment section. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe, not only to the YouTube channel, but also to our audio accounts. We're on all major audio streaming platforms. And really, really super excited for you to see who else we have in store for the next episode. But until then, I shall catch you all later. My name is Erin Ashley Simon, and this is Real Gems.